Lord, I pray that you will be in my words and in our hearts and minds this morning, that we will all be changed into your likeness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Do please take a seat, eventually, all of you. Well, in uh, Saturday's beautiful sunshine, Claire, uh, our children, Esther and Benji and I joined in with many other families as the mum and dad of one of Esther's classmates had organised an Easter egg hunt and a charity fundraising gathering on the land that they farm. Surrounded by chocolate-seeking five-year-olds, much as will be the case after the 11 o'clock service in Aslockton, I fear, uh, I think it's fair to say that all of our family, at least insofar as Benji can articulate it, at almost two, uh, we felt more connected yesterday than we have done pretty much at any point to date with our wider non-church, our wider community, after all of the challenges and obstacles to doing just this sort of thing that we have all endured over the past three years. Easter is one of the occasions in the calendar that for many people is a time when they particularly connect not just with their neighbours but also with their local church. Perhaps especially in small communities like our six villages in the Cranmer group there can be a real coming together with those around us to mark a significant point in the year whether you consider yourself to have a faith or possibly not. Maybe there's a sense of shared experience, of being part of something bigger, not only socially, but spiritually, that we feel at this time of year. If this applies to you and you wouldn't consider yourself to be a regular member of our church family, uh, an especial welcome to you this morning. It's wonderful to have you here, along with our week in, week out church family members. A day that is, for all that we may at last seem to be approaching a more normal Easter than we've spent for a considerable time, today is a day still full of huge challenges for many in our communities, let alone those directly impacted by the continuing appalling events in Ukraine. But despite everything that is still going on around us, the message of Easter, the Easter story, is just the same and just as vitally important for each one of us, I suggest, this year as it is every year. Our no longer that little boy and agricultural equipment aficionado, for those of you who know him, Benji, He soon turns two, and he's a bundle of energy and constant chat. Although we haven't quite reached there with him yet, I recall uh, pretty well from Esther at about this age, maybe maybe a touch later, there's a stage coming up soon when pretty much all we'll hear from Benji will be, why, why, mummy, why, daddy? For the moment, however, his questions as yet are more along the lines of, what's that? What are you doing, Mummy? What are you doing, Daddy? 
I wonder whether this questioning of Benji's is almost like ours in relation to Easter. I think that even in our increasingly secular society, most people still know the basics of the story of the life of Jesus. That he's God's son, born to Mary, lived in the Holy Land 2,000 years ago. He taught, he ministered, he healed, he performed miracles. There's extremely strong historical evidence for all of this, and also that he was condemned to death by the Roman authorities, that he endured an agonising death on the cross, and as Christians believe, rose from the dead three days later. His resurrection is what we celebrate today and every Easter day. This is, if you like, in Benji speak, what are you doing, Jesus? But I wonder if we, rather like Benji at the moment, if we haven't quite got on to the why. Why does it matter to you and to me? Why does it matter to every single man and woman and child on this earth that Jesus died and rose again on the third day? In this getting a bit stuck on the what and not quite yet grasping the why, we're in good company. If we look at our reading from St Matthew's Gospel, we see that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, as she's referred to, must have wondered what on earth was going on as the violent earthquake struck, when the angel came down to the tomb and rolled the stone away. This angel slightly nonchalantly sitting there on that stone. The angel's first words to them, or do not be afraid. An indication that they were understandably, um, probably terrified at these events, completely beyond their comprehension. And then Jesus himself, a short while later, as he appears to the women, also says, in almost his very first words to them, do not be afraid. But as he does so, the women clasping his feet in, we can imagine complete amazement that this man who was dead is now bodily, fully alive in front of them again. They grasp the enormity of what has happened. They rush to tell the disciples as the angel and then Jesus instruct them. They recognise the what, that the only explanation for this could be that Jesus has risen from the dead. In the Gospel accounts, there's repeated evidence that Jesus met people, touched people, talked with people, ate food, cooked food even, all after he had died on the cross. There are 15 references to Jesus interacting with other people after his resurrection, including this one with Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. But even though the women realise the what as they meet and then are able to place their hands on the feet of the risen Christ, just like in the other gospel accounts, even those of his followers who were the very first to meet Jesus on that first Easter day, they don't understand why Jesus's resurrection was of central importance to them yet. Why Jesus's resurrection was so important to all his disciples. 
why Jesus's resurrection was so important to everyone who has followed him over the centuries since and to each one of us now. Why do Jesus's death on the cross on Good Friday and his rising from the dead three days later on Easter Day matter? What difference does it make to you and to me this and every Easter, every day of our past lives, every day of our present lives, and every day of our future lives. The resurrection matters for three reasons. Firstly, my past and your past can be forgiven. This is truly good news. Have you ever been halfway through something? Um, from uh, the most banal end of the spectrum, something like building an Ikea wardrobe to right at the other end, a really significant relationship in your life. Have you ever been halfway through and wished you could start all over again? Many people feel that way about life. They get halfway through and wish they could start again. We've all done things we wish we hadn't done said things we wish we hadn't said, thought things we wish we hadn't thought. I know I have. I, like you, I imagine, have regrets. We all feel bad about things. We all have guilt that can stop us getting on with the present because we're shackled to the past. But the good news is this. As chapter 2 of St Paul's letter to the Colossians in the New Testament tells us. He, Jesus that is, has forgiven all our sins and cancelled every debt we owe. Christ has done away with it by nailing it to the cross. Jesus paid for my guilt and for your guilt on the cross. He was nailed to the cross so that you and I can stop nailing ourselves to that cross. He wants to forgive my past and your past and cancel every single debt that you and I owe. Emotional debts, relational debts, every single thing that you and I have done wrong. So that's the first difference that Easter makes, that my past and your past can be forgiven. And the second difference is this, that your and my present, our present problems can be born. I think we're all aware of very definite seasons in our lives, that we all have downs as well as ups. However, over the three years that my family and I have been with you all here in the Cranmer Group, my goodness, we have all borne challenges, haven't we? Physically, emotionally, economically, on ourselves and on those who we love. In the face of all that confronts us, we can perhaps feel powerless. But when we feel powerless, we need a power greater than ourselves. A power that comes from the God who wants more than anything to be in relationship with every one of us. We read in St Paul's letter to the Ephesians of the incomparably great power for us who believe. The same as the mighty strength 
he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. The same power God used to resurrect Jesus 2,000 years ago is also open to us. Neither you nor I know what the future holds. Significant elements of it are out of our control. But it's not out of God's control or beyond God's power. The God whom we're reassured by scripture only has what is ultimately good in his plans for each one of us. Who in the person of Jesus reaches out with compassion to Mary Magdalene and Mary knowing exactly what they are feeling. And calms their fears with the simplest of words. Do not be afraid. So first, Easter means our past can be forgiven. Second, Easter means that with God in the person of Jesus, all powerful and all loving, any problems of our present can be borne. And thirdly, Easter means that my future and your future can be secure. These last three years have made us all acutely conscious of our mortality and that of those dearest to us. But because of Easter, we can be assured in and through the person of Jesus, assured of life that is not bounded by death. That first Easter, Christ not only died, he passed through and beyond death, raised to eternal life with his heavenly Father. And because he died and rose again, you and I can place our trust completely in his promise to each one of us that he is the way, the truth and the life as he tells his disciples, that through him we can be united eternally with our loving heavenly Father, his Father. So this is why Easter is of ultimate importance to everyone, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, the first Easter. Each one of us can have a past forgiven by him, a present born through him, and a future eternally secure with him. Jesus doesn't say a life lived with him will be free of struggles or pain, but Jesus does promise us a life freed from the guilt of the past, a life in the present full of resurrection hope and Easter joy, and a life in the future eternally with him and his Father. May I wish each one of you, your families and those whom you love, not just a happy, but a truly hopeful and joyful Easter. In the name of the resurrected Jesus, I pray. Amen.